You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. My three words for this baffling, embarrassing, and infuriating. Yeah. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Let's just boil it down to specific, specific situational football. Where is the edge that Kirk's given? Is it in the red area? No. Is it pressure situations? No. Is it big game situations? No. So where is it? Tell me what's the edge you're getting for $84 million guaranteed. What is the edge? What is the upgrade? Where is it? Tell me where it is. What, what you, what and, if you, you're, and if you're in that locker room, Chris, and this guy's coming in and they, they give you a contract like that, and you're Anthony Barr or you're Daniil Hunter or you're one of those guys who's looking to get a big payday too, you're sitting there going, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Show, me. Show me what the, you the, got. The, this yeah. has to work. This it, has to no, work. No, there is no if. You know it has it, to work. It has to work. That's yeah. where I'm going. That, that is all in as all in gets. That's like, it uh, doesn't uh, work. But as if that's breaking news to the Vikings. Now, oh, Rick, now, Rick, Ziggy, you realize that you got to win a Super Bowl now to meet expectations. Uh, That's yeah. why we made the move. <laughs> right. I think they welcome that challenge and that pressure with open arms. I hope clearly. They do. I hope they do. Now, if you would have gone with Case, the expectations could have been a little lower. You realize that now it's Super Bowl or bust. I think if you go to the NFC Championship game and get embarrassed the way that they got embarrassed, you welcome the Super Bowl chance the next year. And if it doesn't work, people... Could they get fired? Yeah, yes. they could. Guess what? They'll That's get, what happens to pro sports. They'll probably get jobs again somewhere else. So Sid Hartman has a piece in the Star Tribune. I'm reading off startribune.com about how the Vikings wound up going from a Teddy Bridgewater discussion over to over to maybe Bradford over here, all the pieces that are involved. And uh, this is very interesting. I'm going to assume that Sid has talked to some reliable people inside the Vikings practice facility. I don't think he's talking to the Kirk Cousins camp here. This is very specific information from the Vikings' vantage point. Mm -hmm. From trusted sources and common sense, Sid writes, (laughs) I will try to put together the story of how I believe the Vikings made the decision to pursue Kirk Cousins over Keenum, Bridgewater, and Bradford. Mm -hmm. The Vikings quit negotiating with Teddy Bridgewater, who reached an agreement with the Jets on Tuesday, when he demanded a contract over $10 million. He wound up signing one year, $5 million with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Let's come back to that in a second. They never negotiated with Bradford because there was no sure bet his knees could handle another season. Mm-hmm. The word is he'll sign with the Cardinals for $20 million, $15 million guaranteed. And until recently, the Vikings considered re-signing Keenum. But when Keenum started looking for a contract that would pay him around $20 million annually, the Vikings became even more interested in Cousins. And on Tuesday, when word leaked that Keenum was headed to the Broncos, Cousins coming to the Vikings became all but guaranteed. If Cousins, who has so much experience, wasn't available, the Purple probably would have signed Keenum, even at a high cost. But Vikings officials, while pleased with Keenum's performance last season, weren't certain he could repeat it. That's actually the first time I've heard that sourced from the Vikings. That What we've speculated, the obvious, that they're betting on yeah, that he's, the, yeah. a lack of sustainability of Case Keenum's yes. uh, performance. Keenum had, as is Sid Hartman continuing, uh, 98 years old now. His birthday here. 
but he is Legendary. connecting the dots still. Yes, Keenum had an incredible year. He stepped in for the injured Bradford. Uh, statistics, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, uh, but when the Vikings started evaluating film of Keenum and Cousins, there was no comparison. They thought Cousins was better. That's all very interesting. Um, so it confirms some of our suspicions that they just they just weren't sold the cousins that that Keenum could repeat the performance. Now on the Bridgewater front, he went to the Vikings. If if this is true that he demanded a contract over ten million dollars and then wound up settling for five million dollars with the Jets, this is the most intriguing part. To did me. he turn down more money with other teams, knowing that the Jets would give him the best chance to start, or did he just overshoot with the Vikings because why not? Let's try to get them to pay me a lot of money. And if they don't, then I'll just go somewhere else for less. I think Teddy, I think when it came to playing here, Teddy wanted a figure that would almost force them to allow him to compete for the job. My guess is with the Jets, he's in a good situation there because um, McCowan can start for the beginning of the season. Being McCowan, it's likely he'll play okay, but he might struggle too. Teddy will, will then get a chance if his knee is back or his leg is back, what, let's say seven, eight games in. My guess here is he looked around and said, okay, I don't want to come back as as a backup, which if you sign Case back or you sign Cousins for sure, I'm a backup. My guess is that he outpriced himself from the Vikings because of that. And maybe, yeah, and maybe in his mind, if they pay me $10 million or more, they're obligated yes, or they're going to feel more pressure shot. to start me. Yes. Yeah, that makes some sense. Yes. But at $5 million, that's backup money. Like, the Jets are paying him backup money. And I don't think he deserves... Listen, it's a freak at, It's a freak injury. And it's terrible. And I'm rooting for Bridgewater to carve it up with the Jets. I hope he gets a shot. And I hope he proves to people that he can still play and that I he can Mike be a Zimmer probably starter. is, too. Yeah. But, you know, like like we've been saying the whole week, there's no way you can hit your wagon to that. Uh, so that makes sense that maybe he wanted starting caliber money mm-hmm. with the Vikings and he wasn't going to come back as... As a backup or or to compete, they don't. I don't think they're going to have the money or or going to want to spend the money on anyone but Kyle Sloter as the backup at this point, right? Like Kyle Sloter is just going to be the backup, and they're not going to sign somebody for four million dollars and now spend thirty two million dollars on their quarterbacks. Yeah, probably not. Um, and I I'm tr- trying to think off the top of my head who's go- who's going to be left who would even be an attractive backup, and I don't know. So yeah, you're probably Matt right. Moore, Matthew Collar, but I think Teddy yesterday. Teddy's a I think Teddy's a hard guy to read, and and I was curious how he would have taken it um, pride-wise and professionally in the playoffs when, when he had been the backup for quite some time, the second QB for quite some time, and then Bradford was back from the knee, and then Bradford backed up Keenum for the playoff games. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been, although we didn't talk about it a ton at the time, I think that, that Teddy might have perceived that as a bit of a slap. And so, I mean, he he should get a chance here, and if, if he does well, he'll get a contract. But yeah, I think that I think coming back here, I think accepting five five million dollars and coming back here as a pure backup probably to him was like I don't think so. Yeah, uh, something Jets else maybe. too. Another pet peeve in all this, I heard this again from different talking heads yesterday and this morning. Well, if the Redskins didn't want Kirk Cousins, I mean, the Redskins knew Kirk Cousins very well, and they didn't want Kirk Cousins. You know, why should the Vikings expect that they're getting anything but damaged goods? And I just think that's a wrong assessment of what happened in Washington. The Redskins, if you remember, a year ago, they did offer Kirk Cousins a long-term contract extension, but it was deemed to be a low ball with, with like, the guarantees weren't quite as high. It was a five-year contract extension, and Kirk Cousins rejected it. Mm-hmm. And just said, franchise tag me again. 
bleep right. it. Just franchise tag me, and then I'm going to play well, stay healthy, and then we'll see where we're at next offseason. So by the end of the relationship, Cousins was mad because the Redskins spent two years not really giving him the money that he thought he deserved. And then the Redskins were probably mad because, well, hey, we offered you a long-term contract extension. It wasn't as much about his play. It was about Cousins felt like, all right, I've been here, done this. They lowballed me. Now I'm going to hit free agency, so I might as well explore it. And the Redskins were like, well, if you're going to hit free agency now after rejecting our five-year offer last season, we don't want to get caught in a spot where we don't have a quarterback, so we're just going to be proactive and trade for Alex Smith. And two That's years, how I read the situation. And two years back, I think Cousins sought a long-term deal, and Washington said, no, no, we need to see more from you. And so he said, okay, and they franchised him. Then they came back and said, okay, we've seen enough, and he said, no, I'll, I'll take the franchise tag, which is actually pretty smart. And so they didn't get, get a deal done. And the thing with with the Redskins, and it makes perfect sense, is they might have said to themselves, when it comes to Smith, he's a safer bet. I mean, he is a safer quarterback. Kirk Cousins is going to take more chances. Kirk Cousins is potentially going to screw up more. Alex Smith is, if you strip it all down and basically say, go play, he is going to play a safe game. So this basically comes back to, what do you want? What do you want? And I think the Vikings said... We don't want a guy in Keenum who we're really afraid in 2018 is going to go back to the guy he was in 2016. So this does come down to if you sit executives down and say, what do you want from the guy? Alex Smith is a safe bet. Kirk Cousins is not nearly as safe, but the upside's there. Let's uh, let's pause this, come back. Doogie's going to join us for a little midweek scoop action so we can get his thoughts on what he's hearing. Maybe there's some other things percolating with Vikings and free agency. I think they're probably all hands on deck until there's pen on paper with Kirk Cousins, and then they can move on to other things. They do have room to sign other players if they want to, but there's been really no steam on that front that I've seen. But maybe Doogie has some uh, Wolves. He's always good for uh, for twin stuff, too. TCL Broadcast Studios, where we sit and stare at a 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV. TCL is also giving you guys, the Mackie and Judd listeners, a great chance to see the Timberwolves from a TCL theater box at Target Center as they take on the Memphis Grizzlies here in about uh, 12 days, March 26th. So you can get four tickets to see this game in the most coveted new offering in the world of premium seating. TCL theater boxes offer dramatic views, and a VIP experience unlike any other. It's the best place to watch a game inside the newly renovated Target Center. Five-star cuisine, a lounge area, oversized chairs. You get great views of the entire arena and the court. And all you have to do is go to 1500ESPN.com and enter the keyword TCL for your chance to win. Uh, Stop into any major local retailer, too, and find out why TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand. Uh, We're talking 4,000 plus streaming channels, 450,000 plus movies and TV show episodes. Again, it's the TCL Roku TV, and you could enter to win those tickets to Timberwolves Grizzlies, 1500ESPN.com, keyword TCL. Mackie and Judd are back. Here it is. On 1500 ESPN. Yeah, Doogie's in here from 5 Eyewitness News, the sports department. You can catch him on Channel 5. You can catch him long form on the Scoop podcast where he gets home run guests on a weekly basis and gives you inside information on local sports teams. Uh, Doogie, happy hump day to you. Good morning, Phil. Hi, Judd. Hi, Hi, Dave. Happy hump day to all of you. We can get to Vikings stuff and Cousins and we just read, so Sid Hartman had a big breakdown of, according to him, 
Bridgewater demanded $10 million a year, and that's when the Vikings said, all right, well, we're not going to go there. Let's get to Viking stuff in a second here. Timberwolves, huge big boy win last night. Big back-to-back wins to maybe maybe save their playoff chances. If they if they were to lose like eight in a row in that stretch, it would have been almost impossible to overcome. So what are you hearing about the Wolves? Is there still a good chance Jimmy Butler could play if they make the playoffs? Wolves team. I will say this on Jimmy. He was recently in Los Angeles, might even still be in L.A. rehabbing. Yes, I am told he is doing well. He is progressing well. That the idea is he will play before the season is over. Now, is that the end of the regular season? Is that maybe by game one of the postseason? That remains to be seen. We're still relatively early in the rehab process. You know, maybe we're about 30% in, 20% in. So this could change. But the plan as of right now is Jimmy Butler will play again this year. That it won't be a season-ending injury. It's playoffs, though, most likely, correct? Well, I mean, it could be the end of the regular season, but yes. If I had to bet right now, it's fluid. But if I had to bet right now, yes, it's the playoffs, not the regular season. Mm. But he will be back this year. And I've always said, I mean, heck, even going back before this two-game winning streak, I thought the schedule set up well enough post-March 20th, playing teams that have zero interest in winning. Yeah that they were going to win enough games. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe an eight-game losing streak would have just destroyed them. Just mentally, you know what, you know, messed with their with their heads. But I just think the schedule sets up well enough post-March 20th that they would have won enough games that they were always a playoff team. But even with these two wins, this is where... Well, I- yeah, these two wins help. I mean, I think now you're looking at maybe a four or a five seed, Oof. not a six or a seven. I need. I, I'm just just get in. They have it. tiebreakers on a lot of these teams. Okay, but they're only even with those two wins. They're only a game up in the loss column. I know on Utah and San Antonio. Yeah, Denver is not going away. Uh, it, to their credit, they have reached a different level in the fourth quarter and the second half defensively in these last two games without Jimmy Butler. So like Andrew Wiggins in the first half yesterday, one of the most frustrating halves he's played all year, where he's he's settling for bad shots. He went 18 minutes in the first half, no rebounds, no assists, no trips to the free throw line. Then he flips the switch in the fourth quarter. So Towns keeps the game alive because he was amazing. And then all of a sudden, Wiggins engages in the fourth quarter. And when he wants to play lockdown defense, he's great, right? So the dynamic is interesting without Jimmy Butler right now. But they're kind of figuring it out. They are. Bielitsa was also amazing last night. Yeah. It really is interesting how much different of a player Bielitsa is. When he gets consistent minutes. Now, he For is a sure. restricted free agent this <laughs> summer, so the Wolves can match any offer. But trust me, I think he'd like to be elsewhere. Anybody on that bench would like to be elsewhere because Tibbs doesn't give you consistent minutes. Bielitsa knows what he can do when he gets consistent minutes. On Wiggins, you're right. I mean, even going back to Sunday, I thought he played really good defense on Clay Thompson. Going back to last Thursday, he was embarrassingly bad. There were stretches where he was so lazy against the Celtics. So did somebody get to him on Friday or Saturday to convince him you have to give better effort? Yeah. If they did, congratulations. Well, Duke, because the he effort said, was a lot better he, Sunday and last night. He said post-game Sunday because against Golden State, he all of a sudden started to drive to the basket. Eureka, he can score. And so uh, he was asked in the post-game, you know, what changed? Because his excuse is, I love my shot. Well, he does. Love I love to shot. take yes. a shot. So, yeah. so then, but he was asked. So, what changed? And he said, "I was so bad against Boston 
that I, I realized I, I had to drive. Now, here's here's my question, and I've seen this from a few places, and it makes some sense. When Butler gets back, is there a case to be made that Bielitsa takes some of Andrew's minutes away because Bielitsa's played so well? And Andrew seems like a guy who you almost constantly need to have a fire below his butt to get to get even close to maximum from him. Hold on. Before Doogie answers, to piggyback off what Judd said, get the hot take police ready for this one. But Because the minutes, he, he needs to play minutes. But I think Bielitsa, like per minute basis, if he were to give him more minutes, is a better overall player than Andrew Wiggins. He does more. Doesn't do a whole lot on defense. But neither does Andrew Wiggins. Well, Wiggins... Wiggins can. Now the bar was so low. But this is by far Wiggins' best defensive year. Of his four, Wiggins is playing his best defense of his career right now. Albeit, he was lazy last Thursday. There are many examples of him being lazy. He can do this. He can do that. He doesn't. So when he wants to lock down, he can be yeah, Bruce Bowen, but he's not. I mean, I'll say this. I like Bielitsa. What about this idea, Judd? Yes. This might sound nuts. Hot take police. What if you go small ball against certain lineups? What if Taj Gibson, who's done it in the past, comes off the bench? What if you roll with Butler, Wiggins, Bielitsa at the 2, 3, and 4, Towns at the 5, Teague at the 1? You'd have to what convince, do you think I mean, of that? Yeah, de- defensively, you'd have to convince. I mean, Teague is also kind of a matador out there, too, at times. They're so. not playing defense anyway. I mean, Washington, I was at an NCAA draft last night, so I was watching, you know, corner of the eye. Then I watched late last night on the DVR. But I looked up, two minutes to go in the third quarter, the Wizards, minus John Wall, were at 85 points. Mm-hmm. They just don't stop anyone. The way they beat teams is they outscore them that's just the way it is and they can they have a top five offense even though they don't make threes they don't even take that i am threes i am just presenting with you a potential plan with a guy who clearly needs to play more and taking and subtracting and subtracting playing time from a guy who who obviously needs to be engaged and told you're not as good as you think on a consistent basis and until we get that effort consistently we're going to go in a different direction here. We're not going to bench you. You're not done playing. Yeah, I think he would pout too much. Not that he's a powder. See, I don't care. But he would pout. I'll even say this on Wiggins. There's some buzz. You ready for this? I love this. This is great. There's some buzz that this. he has whispered I was waiting for this. to some teammates that he doesn't like being third fiddle. That he is by far. Heck, at times you could argue Jeff Teague is the number three guy. I mean... What at best he's number three, Butler one or Towns one, the other one two. That Wiggins could potentially seek to get out in the offseason. Oh, please do. Now it's not close to that point. He doesn't even have technically an agent on the record right now, but his dad Mitchell's involved, others are involved. That somebody could go to the Wolves this summer and say, Hey, what about shopping Andrew? That Andrew would like to be somewhere else. Okay, so what would his solution be? So, Because Jimmy Butler is one of the best players in the world, and Carl Anthony Towns might be better. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is incredible. Look what he did last. That guy had 37 points with four missed shots mm-hmm. on, like, on like 16 field goal attempts or something. Um, and he's playing better defense lately. So if you're Wiggins and, and, and you're right on this, what would your solution be? Because you're not... You're not you're not on the same level as those two guys. So if you can't kind of fit in and, and fill a role of some kind, then you're not on the team. Like, it's that simple. I think the solution is to go somewhere where he would be used 
like he was last year. I mean, his usage rate is down a bunch this year, especially when Jimmy is playing. But he doesn't help Andrew that. just he's doesn't not touch the ball, the ball as much. He's not active off the ball. No, the last he's time? not. Like, go grab five offensive rebounds. But how often are they and... running ISO plays for him? Enough. Like, He'll he... get the ball at the end of a shot clock and then jack up a long two-pointer. But are they running a lot of plays for him? ISO situations. I mean, I would argue that... I would argue that I think he shoots more than... Let me look this up. I'm pretty sure he still shoots more than any player on the he team. He shoots enough. He does. But how many of those shots are with the shot clock winding down, that he's stuck. Four, three, two, I have to get off a shot. Part of that is on him. If he's not going to go around and clean up in certain areas, and if he's not going to get teammates involved and facilitate ball movement and, and those types of things. I don't know things, if you want him to do that. You don't want him passing? I mean, on occasion, he should have more than one assist a game. I want him scoring. He's a scorer. But I want him to but, get to the free throw line. I want him to make free throws. But he's not even good at scoring efficiently. More than anything, I want him to A, get to the free throw line more. B, he should be better than a We're, 63% free throw shooter. Make your stinking free throws. Guys, That's what I want. Guys, we are burying the lead. You are telling me that this guy, who at times has been a complete dog, is upset by being the third wheel behind Jimmy Butler, who works his ass off. I've heard that from a couple Tat, different angles. Who is a who is a superstar who is going to, I think, with improved defense, end up in the Hall of Fame. And this guy doesn't want to be the third wheel. That's absolute. That's delusional. Yeah, like to Judge's point, he's playing with two first ballot Hall of Famers right now. That's delusional. And instead of thinking, if this is right, instead of thinking, how can I help this and like make the best of this? I'm, you know, I, this is a really good spot to be but in. Think about if, all if he's those, upset at all, that's absurd. Yeah, well, but think about all those that are in his ear saying, you are absurdly talented. You've been this way since you were 12 years old. You were the number one pick for a reason. You should be an all-star. They don't use you the right way. You go somewhere else. You can be an all-star. This is good I mean, news. I promise you. This is good news for the Timberwolves. Wiggins absolutely thought by year four, he would have been an all-star. It is shocking to him. I don't know if he'd ever admit it on the record. I don't know if those close to him would ever admit it on the record. I'm just telling you. They absolutely thought he would be an all-star by year four. Does he feel like he is being... He's the only one preventing himself from being an all-star. Like, uh, if he thinks anything otherwise, then he's delusional. Sure, because we can cite the examples of where he just doesn't give maximum effort. Where he just takes plays off. Now, he's not the only one. Heck, Bill Simmons put on Twitter the other day some video of Blake Griffin. It was embarrassing. Watching Blake just stand there, not chasing a rebound. Yeah. It was against Utah. And Detroit was down 25, 26 points in the second half. So the game was out of hand. But if you're in the game, give some level of effort. There are other examples, too. So he's not the only one. Heck, Cat takes plays off on defense. And I get it. I mean, you're exerting so much energy on offense. You're playing so many minutes, you need to take the occasional playoff. But it, if you're Wiggins, you have to give better hey, effort. Two, yeah. two things, one more Wolves thing. Do you think, so let's play this out. Because I think if he wants out, I I, I absolutely explore that if I'm the Timberwolves. Well, I think you explore. Are there teams that would take that contract? Oof. I mean, don't like, forget, could you, could you the get extension almost, kicks in next year. Right. He's you, not even a max player right now. The max player kicks in next year. Right. So could you get I mean I would take almost anything just to free myself of the contract. I would take well, role no, players. No, you're not taking back I I don't want that contract. money. You don't want long-term money. No, sure, expiring with deals. With a then. worse player. Expiring deals. Well, what's that going to get you? 
Because you're about to give Jimmy Butler a lot of money. You may match a deal on Bielitsa. You're over the cap anyway. I don't want Andrew Wiggins on this team for $25 <laughs> or $30 million a year. Him. He's not good you enough. You can't give him away for expiring contracts. Why not? You can't do it. Why, Doogie? Can you get to him? Can you get to him mentally and say, Andrew, we need to eliminate your dad. We need to uh, all your hanger on. I mean, I'll say this. Adrian Peterson, completely delusional, but in his prime, a Hall of Fame player who maximized the talent he did have. Now, he couldn't catch and he couldn't block, yeah. but, but but he maximized his ability to run the football, which was God-given and fantastic. This kid's not getting a fifth of what he should from himself. And he lo- and he loves his shot. He's putting. I think up he's these, getting a fifth. He's putting up these stupid shots, but the talent level with him is I'm potentially so high. Yes, and you and I went to that Boston game, and it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing. That, I won't disagree. On and that. he's delusional. He thinks it's fine. He loves a shot that's not falling. And like Phil said a thousand times, go look at the shot charts. Like if you could ever sit him down and say, Andrew. Look at the shot chart. Look at what you're doing here. I love what I've created with Judd here. I love it. You're just right, right by my side. Now. No, but it, he, he he belongs on the wild at this point. He he should be playing left he's wing. Canada, he's he's a Canadian. Skate, right? He should be playing left wing. He and Marcus Foligno should be line mates. At least one one lacks talent, but and tries hard and just is no good. Uh, Viking stuff. You know what Andrew should do though, and I've said this before. Reengage his quasi trainer, former trainer Drew Hanlon. He worked with Drew for a little stretch last summer, reached out to him like in November. They did some film work together, nothing on the court. Now, the Wolves don't necessarily want Hanlon working with Wiggins in season. Because it's working so well now. Well, I mean, the Wolves have so many coaches. Like, do you need another <laughs> yeah, coach, an outside coach, to work with these guys? I mean, heck, they almost have a coach for every player. It's, yeah. It's borderline ridiculous. But this summer, rededicate himself Connect with Drew Hanlon. I think Drew is excellent. Look at his track record. All the guys that Hanlon has worked with, Embiid, Tatum, Beal, the list is lengthy. Get back, Levine. Get back with Hanlon and go hard this summer. Uh, let's go a minute or two here on Vikings. What? Uh, it's, any inside information on their quarterback search up to this point to land Kirk Cousins and any other free agents that you think they might be? Well, Non-quarterback guys. Inside the building, the new building in Egan, there's still a tiny bit of trepidation until Cousins arrives later today and signs the contract. Like, they're not popping champagne. They weren't popping champagne yesterday. That will take place after he signs the contract. So I had one person over there tell me, hey, I'll lay everything out for you after he puts pen to paper. What plan B was, what plan C was, but clearly plan A was, was Cousins. So they got their guy. I mean, it was it was a big boy move. Sid yeah. got it, Dukes. Sid laid, laid the whole thing out. I saw, yeah, Sid's got the note about Bridgewater winning 10 million year old a year. laid the whole thing out for us. 99, isn't he? I've always um, been told he's fudged it, it's, it's which ni- makes no sense to me. It's 98 on the record. It's 99, we think. I can see if you're um, fudging it when you're like in your mid-20s. I mean, that's the ultimate scoop this segment. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm the word you is words. he's 99. I'm going to give you two words. Insurance purposes. I did some research on this. Hmm. It might have been in the 1960s. It might have helped you to be younger than you were by a year. <laughs> but now. Insurance purposes. <laughs> right. from I'm coming with a scoop on Sid. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. But I'm just saying right now, I'd rather be 99. I agree. I'd, I'd go back Embrace now. Embrace that. Yeah, get to a hundo. Get that celebration on the road here. Correct. So anyway, yeah. the Vikings got their guy. I mean, that was their guy. That's a big boy move. Congratulations to them. The Vikings are now poking around on some cornerbacks. There's still some dialogue with Joe Berger's camp. 
They'd like to retain Marcus Sherrills. Jarek McKinnon going to the 49ers is no surprise. A, clo- a source close to McKinnon told me this morning the Vikings were gracious, quote, gracious in talks. Is Murray in trouble contractually? Are well, he's gonna... not coming back at that number. The deadline is what, Friday? Well, and he might say no, and then if, well, if that's the case, you got to cut him. If he says no, why would you say no? I mean, I don't know the exact number the Vikings are offering, but I have to imagine it's pretty darn good compared to what he could get on the open market, especially with some of these dominoes falling, Carlos Hyde to where the Browns, McKinnon to the Niners, some mm-hmm. of these teams, Deion Lewis to the Titans. Some of these running backs are going off the board. So how many teams need a running back? Mm-hmm. So if I'm Latavius, I'm open to what the Vikings are presenting. I'm just telling you, though, the deadline Friday, I would be surprised if Murray is back at his current number. All right, good stuff, Doogie. Go find his full podcast. Thanks, it's Doogie. called The Scoop. You can download it anywhere you would uh, generally find podcasts. 1500ESPN.com is a good place. Dave, what kind of questions do you have for us next? Get back into the Vikings a little bit. Uh, Kirk Cousins related. And you two have been challenged. Wow. I think we need to bring that to the air. Okay. Phil Mackey. He tried to be so polished. As a broadcaster, he says weird stuff, but it's almost funny at times. Judd Zolgad. Just from a baseball perspective, I really enjoy him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. (laughs) Oh, man. I always love those scoop sessions, man. It's just, that's as reckless as it gets right there. Now is, that Wiggins nugget. Now, is Patrick going to <laughs> attempt again to steal this then? Or is that done? Because, you know, now he and Chris steal the scoop segment and do basically a vent line off of it. Right, David? I didn't know. So how long have they been doing that? Reaver started it three, four weeks ago or something like that. And he's got a whole Darren Doogie Wolfson button bar. He okay. plays little cuts. And, so they, yeah. they play clips from it, and then they do a little... Yeah, it's, it's little analy- It's like a post-game show. It's, it's real cute. So we produce... We pr- pretty much produce like seven hours we give of a lot content, of We give a lot honestly. of ourselves to this station, don't yeah. we? Yes, we do. Patrick did also say yesterday, I didn't play this for you, that he would consider rejoining the Mackie and Judd show, gracing us with his parents, uh, pre- parents, his presence. If you <laughs> would, that would be a, yeah, that would be a little bit If you would uh, cede him all rights to Randy and Cottage Grove, I don't know if that's even possible to do or if you is. would consider it even if it were. I'd uh, say no, I'd take Randy. Yeah, well, I told Pat on Twitter yesterday, listen, we'd love to have you on. In fact, we were planning on having you on, but then Randy and Cottage Grove called in to talk about Kyle Sloter, <laughs> and we had to bump you, Pat. So, Randy and Cottage Grove definitely takes precedent over over Pat. So, early in the show, we played a couple cuts from Lewis Riddick on yesterday's SportsCenter NFL Live, and then on this morning, Golick and Wingo doing a little comparing contrast. Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum, and uh, he uh, certainly doesn't get the... Well, the people that love Cousins, this is part of what he said. Let's just forget about generalities. Let's just boil it down to specifics. Specific situational football, where is the edge that Kirk's given them? Is it in the red area? No. Is it pressure situations? No. Is it big game situations? No. So where is it? Tell me what's the edge you're getting for $84 million guaranteed. What is the edge? What is the upgrade? Where is it? Tell me where it is. And And if you're in that locker room, Chris... And this guy's coming in, and they give you a contract like that, and you're Anthony Barr or you're Daniil Hunter or you're one of those guys who's looking to get a big payday too. You're sitting there going, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Show, me. Show me what this, you got. This, this yeah. has to work. This it, has to no, work. No, there is no if. You know it has it, to it work. It has to work. That's where I'm going. That, that is all in as all in gets. So it certainly seems in his mind there's nothing that 
Kirk Cousins can do that Case Keenum can't do just as well. Yeah. All right, well, let's see how you guys feel about that. I know you disagree. Let's put it to numbers. If Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of the Vikings in 2017, the year that just concluded, does he win more games? Does it uh, go out go better in the win column than Case Keenum was able to do, providing 12 regular season wins? I give him credit for the Bears playing that half and one in the playoffs. And moving forward towards 2018, do you think that uh, Kirk Cousins, given the team's a little bit more hand-strung money-wise moving forward, is he able to provide more wins than Case Keenum would? I think because the schedule is tougher as well that he he might not be able to reach 13 wins or 12 wins in case uh, in Case's case. Uh, that being said, here's, in Case's situation, in Case's thank you situation. Here's the issue. Though. In Case's example, you're not answering the question. Here's, here's the, the issue. Here's the issue. <laughs> here's how I will dodge it. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think the question, as it's framed, is necessarily fair because it's absolutely because, fair because the Vi- the Vikings in 2017 had an easier schedule. They had a very good defense, and Case Keenum was the beneficiary of a lot of things, and he played very well. Well, that was the question: Does Kirk Cousins win more games last year if he were the quarterback? No, that was I part think one. I think he wins about the same. Okay, and I think going forward, he gives you a better chance to be successful. But here, here's the important thing. <laughs> here's the most important thing that your question is lacking. It's not the regular season <laughs> oh, to me. Here we go. It's not the regular season. Do I believe that Kirk Cousins can win ten or eleven games with the 2018 Vikings? Absolutely. Do I believe, and this is this is the important thing. Do I believe that Kirk Cousins gives this team a better chance in the playoffs to win? Absolutely. This is a playoff question to me. Mm. I don't. You can go fifteen and one, ninety-eight Vikings, and guess what? If you don't get to the Super Bowl in that case, it's nothing but heartbreak. So do I believe that Kirk Cousins in 2018 has the ability to win a division, get this team to the playoffs, and win in the playoffs more than Case Keenum would? Hmm. Yes, I do. I think the when, lo- remember when Case Keenum won that shootout in Washington this past season against Kirk Cousins? And he had Just a better team. If you remember and it. he had a better Just team. If you remember he had better personnel. He, didn't have a better he had better skill position players. He had a better team. His defense sucked. Let me boil this down for you, gentlemen. All right. I just tried, but thank you very <laughs> well, no, much. You spent time critiquing Dave's question. And well, I was trying to boil it, but, but I was trying to frame it for you to give sure. you the assist. Would Kirk Cousins objectively have won more games as Vikings quarterback last year than Case Keenum? No, absolutely not. But that's not the that's not the debate. And to your second question, <laughs> awesome. will he be better going forward? <laughs> Odds are yes. I think yes. And to and to here, I'll throw Lewis Riddick's question in here as well. What does he do better? Right? The whole thing was like the whole rant was what does he do better? And the answer is last year, maybe nothing last year. But this is about going forward 2018 through 2020, and reliability is the thing that you're paying for here. What he does better is he's just Reliable, like he's been more reliable the last three years. In case Keenum has has given you one regular season, and then kind of followed it up with some bad interceptions in the postseason. And if not for Stefan Diggs and the miracle, and I mean, this narrative would be even more different and swayed toward Kirk Cousins if the safety doesn't do the unthinkable for New Orleans and completely whiff and tackle air. Right, like if that play doesn't happen, you don't, you don't have these memories of Case Keenan doing the skull chant in front of the goal line with 70,000 people. So even I think it's even more Correct. pro-Kirk Cousins. Uh, but, like, being objective, 
Case Keenum, in the car he was given to drive last year, was great at driving it in the regular season. And it's not like Cousins would have made him 15 and 1 instead of 13 and 3. But I'm just, I keep going back to it. I'm not buying it long term. I'm not going to fall into that trap. If I'm wrong, I'll admit that I'm wrong. The Broncos in trouble. That's all I know. Case in the Bronco car. He's in the white Bronco now. It's in trouble. <laughs> nice of you guys to do your best to dodge and avoid the seriousness of that question. That's I don't fine. think we did. I let's, think we reframed it. Well, I think you did. Hold on. I think we reframed it. Let's no. let's regroup and let's go questions two and three when we come back here. Okay. This is unprecedented. Usually it's just yeah, question three. Yeah, it's always three. question three. Questions is going to explore the space today. All right. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, Doogie pushed us late. Yeah. And you guys allowed it. <laughs> Bad clock management with Doogie in the room. It's a first. Uh, but Judd's got a word for prime mortgage lending first. I do. I do indeed. And so you're considering your options when it comes to mortgage companies. Let me suggest my friends at Prime and Kent McCullough. Folks, this isn't about uh, selling you on something. Prime wants to earn your trust. In fact, they would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. And now you're asking the very important question. And it's a very fair question. What does that mean exactly, Judd? It means that while Prime would love to have you as a client, they want to meet with you first and explain their plan to you. The decision is then up to you, but they want to at least explain their plan. This is about things like teamwork. It's about collaboration. That's what Prime is all about, and it's what they believe in. Now, if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. For instance, Prime wants to take some of the mystery out of the mortgage process for you. Here's an example. Did you know that Prime may be able to put together a program that can pay your closing costs? That's right. Not just include them in your loan, but actually pay pay them for you. So what I want you to do now is go to the Prime website, goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. Goprimewithkent, K-E-N-T.com. Questions two and three next on Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. The Minnetonka Police Department's investigative unit described the relationship between the two as on again, off again at a press conference this morning. Mackey and Judd also said there's been a history of domestic incidents between the two on 1500 ESPN. Join Judd Zolgad in 1500 ESPN as he talks some hoops and dodges football questions at Tuttles and Hopkins 530 to 730 this evening. It's the ultimate college basketball tournament viewing party. Basket pong, prizes galore a little bracketology and fantastic beer specials that's all sponsored by Dosakis. More details at 1500ESPN.com keyword events. And and don't forget plenty of wild analysis as well if you want that. Oh, goody. I'll be happy to break down what went wrong last <laughs> will, night. Will Judbot 3000 be there too? I was talking to him about it. He's he's really shy. It's weird. He doesn't like to go out. So you're both pretty much the same. Then. Oh, I'm a shrinking violet. You know that. Does he need beer to, instead of plugging in like a normal robot, <laughs> he does he drive off beer? <laughs> I can't speak for him, but that wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, I'll Do- have a yingling. <laughs> Doogie is fighting with people. People people listening to the Andrew Wiggins speculation that he brought in the scoop segment that, that he's hearing whispers from multiple corners that Wiggins is not happy as the third fiddle. Yep with the Wolves, which is amazing because he's playing with two future Hall of Famers yep. and he hasn't made an all-star game yep. yet. And, you know, there's a lot of people who defend Wiggins. Yep. And Doogie was kind of defending Wiggins, but people are on... Uh, our, our handles are caught up in the timeline here. Like, one guy called him a clown. That He's Minnesota's Skip Bayless. Sure, he's right every once in a while, but he just says dumb bleep to stir the pot and make a name. <laughs> Doogie's fighting with this Is guy. that Reavers? <laughs> it's Reavers' burner account. Wiggins I be- love town ball. being uh, upset is the equivalent <laughs> of Ringo Starr being upset about his role. 
It's, dude, you are the drummer at best. In the Beatles, okay? Let John Lennon be John yeah. Lennon. You know, Paul Cat, McCartney's going to write some Butler, songs over here. Uh, yeah, our two of the We gra- might let you put your name on a song, yeah. but yeah. don't worry but about it. But you really can't sing that great, and you get to play the drums in the Beatles. Yeah. All right, Dave's got a couple more questions. I sure do. Happy Pi Day, everybody. It's March 14th. We've mm-hmm. got our own version of Pi here. Now on Mackie and John. You wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The pie chart of praise. You should be singing his praises. Five days ago, it was, oh, the panic. The sky was falling in Wolves Land. And all of a sudden, they've rattled off a couple victories in a row, boys. And hey, even Andrew Wiggins was really good in the fourth quarter. He had Belly stepping up. Towns is putting the team on his back. Maybe Tibbs has figured something out with the lineup. So let's do it. Pie chart of praise for two big victories in a row. Ooh, uh, ooh. Um, well, Carl Anthony Towns has just been it's insane. It's a lot of pie. Yeah. I mean, I guess in, in theory. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. You'd have to divvy it up to, like, everyone who's on the court and the coaches and stuff. So I'm going to say this, that that there's a certain percentage that just goes to everyone, and then I'm going to give you the five guys who deserve the most credit above and beyond. And they all – Carl Anthony Towns gets half of it because – he kept them in that game for three quarters last night. It was amazing. And then hit the dagger three at the end. Um, so he's he's going to get 50% of it. And then the other slices are split up evenly between these four guys. Nemanja Bielitsa, Taj Gibson. I really like what Tyus Jones brings in the 5, 10, 15 minutes. What about Derrick Rose? Come on. Yeah, I think, I think Derrick Rose... <laughs> Derek Rose was sent in like as a spy from other Western Conference teams to shipwreck. He came in the game yesterday and like the ball bounced off his head and he dribbled it out of bounds. It's, it's comic it's relief, ridiculous. Phil. That's what it is. Andrew Wiggins yep. also makes this list, not for the three quarters he played for the first two hours last night, but for the fourth quarter. And he was pretty efficient against Golden State, too. But but specifically, Towns, Belly, and like Taj is an automatic double-double whenever he wants to. And he's he's been great defensively. So those three guys. Like Belly? Here's the best part about Belly. He starts one for eight from the field, which is bad. But you look at the box score, and he's got 13 combined rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. He's doing other things, and he's active, and he's playing some defense. So that's how I would divvy. Uh, I am actually, for, for the first time, I think, in the history of the show, going to have a smaller pie chart of praise than you do. Cat, 98%. Belly, 1%. Taj, 1%. That's it. Cat <laughs> has been fa- Cat's unbelievable. Cat is. This is actually the the only good thing about Butler b- being hurt is this has crystallized the fact that when Butler comes back, things need to shift a little bit towards Cat still. Like this guy's too good. The the hero ball of Jimmy in in the fourth quarter, you need to see that end a little bit. This needs to be the Cat and Jimmy show. And if Andrew Wiggins doesn't like it, you know what? Shut up and sit down. <laughs> Sub question. How confident are you that it will change, that it will shift when Jimmy gets back? I think it will because I think Cat, and, and this is on him, but I think he needs to to speak up more. Say, Jimmy, you're incredibly important. I love you. I'm learning from you. But we are just coming off a string of games in, in at times where I was instrumental. I need the ball more, too. Yeah, so I do think it'll change a Like, bit. Jimmy's going to have some rust, and Carl Anthony yeah. Towns is going to be working up a sweat for the next month. So keep feeding him. Keep feeding the guy. Before today, have you guys been made aware of the ALS Hot Pepper Challenge? 
Yes. So I've this was started by Tom Haberstroh, who's an NBA analyst, ESPN, and this mm-hmm. thing has gone crazy viral across the country. They've raised over 500000 bucks. Their goal is a million. A lot of money being raised, very similar to the ice bucket challenge of a few years ago. Instead of dumping buckets of ice water, you're eating a hot pepper, a habanero, jalapeno, whatever it is. Well, we get an email a little while ago from Chris Eggert downstairs, Morning Anchor Channel 5. Megan, as in Megan Newquist, is co-anchor. And I were nominated to eat some hot peppers to raise money and awareness for ALS and have passed the challenge on to you guys via Facebook and Twitter and now the email. I did watch the video, and they did it, albeit I wasn't exactly impressed with their performances. They could have uh, gone with a little more gusto, eating a little bit more of the pepper. Yeah. <clears throat> Megan, are you listening? I don't blame her. But that aside, are you ready to accept the challenge? Yes. Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgan, and when this, will this be happening? Yeah, when are we going to do it? What, so what, uh, what are the specifics on the pepper? Is it like a special pepper, or could it be any kind of hot pepper? The original Haban, uh, Haberstro video I, I did watch, and it looked like they were split between habaneros and jalapenos, from what I could gather, and that looks like what they ate downstairs as well. All right. Uh, Post-show at some point? I'll do it. Toward, I just, it has to be on the air, but like toward the toward the end oh, of the show. It could be a final segment deal. Yeah, final segment. All right, I was I'm with say, you. If we do gonna... it at nine thirty, Judd and I are going to be in. We're going to be broadcasting from stall number two. The I'm official not... rules yeah. say you have forty eight hours from when you are nominated to actually complete the challenge. I would say I'd give you till Friday. Let's do it last end segment. Of the show. Uh, yeah, I think last you segment Friday or Friday. Last segment Friday. Yeah, that's fine with me. Let's do it up. You sound really enthused to raise money oh, for charity. Oh, I'm not. I don't know what the results are going to be. I don't know what the results are going to be. And since it's never about the, the this charity is all about or me. the thing. It's no, always this is all about, about you. me. And because I don't know what, what the results are going to be exactly, that I'm a little bit concerned about it. But I will absolutely do it because it's for a good cause. Can I trust you to pick out your own peppers? Or do I got to make my way to the grocery store? I think you better it? bring in some jalapenos. Okay. Yeah. Just to make sure this goes so down. Are these like super hot, hot ones? Are these? Have you ever had a jalapeno before in your life? I think I have, yeah. But you think you, you've had a jalapeno? I think I have. I'm not sure. What? Like, have you had nachos and they put the jalapenos on top? Yeah, th- those aren't too bad. I thought th- I thought these pe- peppers that were being used were even hotter than those, though. You can use a hotter one if you'd like. No, I would we rather not. But I thought, a couple I thought, of I thought the mandate sure. was that that you had to. But I, if it's not, that's fine. I can do that. 